Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Hello to everyone and a very warm welcome to this week's installment of Beyond Governance at 101.9 High FM. My name is Nimrod Tebene. I hope Easter weekend programming in whatever form or shape was a success for those who have been able to, to take such journeys. I hope you're back. You are not only back, but very in, uh, spiritually invigorated and ready to serve humanity through good deeds, I would imagine. For those who did not attend the pilgrimage, I hope you had enough opportunity to have a bit of a relief and your hectic schedule has somehow been mended. Bottom line is that we are at it again, which means we all have to get back, tie our boots, tie our shoes, and strive for that economic relevance and deliverance uh, for individuals as well as for the continent as a whole. Talking of restoration, we all know that KZN is really in the aftermath of uh, the floods which cause infrastructure damage and most importantly, tragically loss of life. Uh, these kind of severe weather conditions have a propensity to affect the most poorest as they have limited resources based on the you know financial position they find themselves in. And as such, most of them cannot then the harsh realities which has been brought about floods or any severe condition for that matter. Is there silver lining out of this? Whether patterns that they've observed in KZN? I think there is. I think government at the national and provincial level has been given an opportunity to redeem itself from a service delivery point. You recall that the COVID-19 pandemic under the state of, of disaster, the country was able to fast track delivery by way of you know, circumventing all the red tape. Same thing, it's something that South African uh, national government as well as provincial government can rely on, given the lessons that you've learned from COVID-19 in terms of collaboration, speed, and agility. As we proceed, we have maintained that in this show, we strive for balanced views and evidence-led intervention. In my view, such posture can only contribute constructive in the current social and economic affairs which shapes the country's journey. Let's continue to have these kinds of important conversations on matters such as productivity, competitiveness, mindset, intellectual property, benchmarking, ethics and ethical conduct, corporate governance, and of course transformation as an overarching agenda. As we know, South Africa is the most unequal country in the world, which means we have islands of prosperity in the sea of abject poverty. All efforts should be geared towards addressing the uh, racial and gender inequalities, and that's open book. However, that's something that we always have to be mindful of in our in our day-to-day engagements. These conversations can only sharpen our posture as a community that seeks to be, be counted among the best in the world. I'm delighted uh, to bring the beloved listener of the show, thought leaders and captains of industry who share their experiences on how to tackle the complex issue. If you miss our previous show, not to not to worry. Simply download the podcast. Last week, if, if I may just quickly remind you, we have a very interesting conversation with a media personality and entrepreneur. Her name is Idwonim Kabela, and I think she was just stunning. She was completely a breath of fresh air in terms of her her own journey in that particular industry. We have certainly learned a lot uh, from that conversation. So you simply download the podcast, listen to it. If you want to share your views, please do that uh, through our uh, SMS line or Telegram or Twitter handles, you know. Moving on, you know, on this glorious morning, we're having a conversation with no longer strength on the show. Uh, her name is Beta Lamini, and she is the chief executive at the retail group of companies. And we're talking about uh, uh, impending seminar on building a 
building an inclusive energy sector. Uh, without any waste of time, let me take this opportunity to welcome Bertha. Bertha, good morning and welcome. Uh, good morning, good morning, uh, Doc, and thank you for having me on your show, and good morning to the listeners this morning. Thank you very much. You know, it's just a pity that India arranged maybe ought to have been joined by your counterparts from Uganda and Tanzania, if I'm not mistaken, but with that as it may, we are grateful that you're able to share your time with us and giving us insights on the, the current challenges of uh, building sustainable uh, sustainable energy sector. And just to put a context in our conversation this morning, South Africa is going through load shedding, massive stage four load shedding, which means in every day, pretty much three to four hours of your life is there, which really locate this particular conversation very well, but also in the context of the African continental free trade agreement. That is an international context in which we want to look at uh, the conversation. Better without any waste of time, let me give you a heads up. What sort of instigated this webinar once again for listeners who may not have the chance or opportunity to know about uh, this roving seminars that you are conducting? We founded African Women in Energy and Power in 2018. And the purpose of the organization is to accelerate the participation of women entrepreneurs in the full value chains of energy generation, transmission and distribution. We have 11 chapters in 11 countries on the continent, and we work collaboratively with stakeholders in the energy and power ecosystem, which includes electricity utilities that drive uh, procurement processes in ac across the energy value chain, and they also drive the regulatory reform of the electricity sectors within domestic markets. We work with original equipment manufacturers that supply and lead technology development in the energy and power sector. And we work with them to give access to skills development for entrepreneurs that want to diversify their business interest into the energy sector. And we work with them to also uh, bring information and insights into technologies sought after by large power users and electricity utilities. We work with finance houses that speak to how they finance energy projects and how they support women, youth and persons with disabilities that want to participate as the value adding service providers in the energy sector. Brother, if you could just hold on just a little bit before we accelerate a little bit, I could sense that uh, there's more energy coming through. We are bound to pay our bills. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back just in a second. Beyond Governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Uh, welcome back to Beyond Governance, favorite show, and we are joined by Beta Ramid, who is an executive um, at Little Group of Companies. She's also the founding president of African Women in Power and Energy. She's about to give us a, a background of the impending workshops um, that they have organized to try and promote not only what we are experiencing in the sector, before we took the break, you were giving us uh, that snippet in terms of the background uh, on background around how the whole phenomenon started. So African Women in Energy and Power supports the participation of women and youth in the 
full value chains of electricity generation, transmission and distribution. One of the ways that we do that is to host uh, market orientation webinars, information sessions where we share uh, pertinent um, information on energy markets on the continent. We do this to create awareness amongst entrepreneurs and players in the energy ecosystem on developments in energy markets across the continent to help entrepreneurs to organize themselves to participate as value-adding service providers in their markets of choice. On the 21st of April, we will be hosting a webinar showcasing Uganda, the following electricity markets, Uganda and Rwanda. We have electricity utilities coming from those respective markets that will be talking to developments uh, in the electricity sector in those respective markets being Uganda and Rwanda. We also have speakers coming from the African Development Bank that will be speaking particularly on how they finance energy projects and the support that they give to women entrepreneurs in particular in the energy sector. We also have speakers coming from OEMs. We have Toshiba Africa that will be demonstrating how they support electricity markets on the continent and how they support enterprise development on the continent. We then will showcase two entrepreneurs coming from Rwanda that have successfully participated in the energy um, sector. They will share insights into how they have succeeded in the sector. And this is this we host every uh, month. We showcase two electricity markets on the continent and we bring uh, insights from OEMs, utilities, finance houses and entrepreneurs. So just take us through some of the what are the steps, what are the, that we need to look forward to from the Ugandan point of view? Well, Uganda is a very interesting market because it's one of the few sub-Saharan African continents that have liberalized their energy market and are currently running a financially viable uh, energy market with generation, transmission and uh, distribution segments unbundled since 2001. So what we are trying to do in South Africa, unbundling ESCOM into three different units, Uganda has done in 2001. They've got an independent uh, electricity regulatory authority that undertakes sector regulation and oversight. And a lot of the their largest distribution company um, uh, called Umeme is privately owned and has tw- a 20-year concession for distribution and retail. So the country is dominated by independent power, power producers that currently account for up to 60% of their generation capacity. That just shows that what we are aspiring to achieve in South Africa, even though South Africa has the most advanced energy system, but in terms of market structure, Uganda is a bit ahead of us. It will be quite interesting to learn more on how uh, they are managing that electricity market. It is noteworthy to state that that even though they have advanced their independent power production uh, market and the participation of independent power producers across their 13 rural service territories, they still have not reached 100% electrification of their market. And they're still lagging behind South Africa in terms of electrification. So there's quite interesting dynamics to assess in that particular market and to look at the different technologies that are at play. Whereas Rwanda, on the other 
hand, is endowed with natural energy resources, including hydro, uh, methane gas in the west of the country. Also lagging behind in terms of electrification, it's about 53% of the country has access to electricity, but they are currently advancing independent power production as well. And Rwandan government is committed to a large number of power purchase agreements with independent power producers to increase generation capacity, which is a, a position that South Africa is pursuing with our 100 megawatt threshold increased for um, own use, generation for own use. And so they are projected, Rwanda is projected to exceed demand by approximately 200 uh, megawatts in, by 2024. And the government is shifting its focus to increase access, stimulating demand and strengthening the transmission network to enable efficient um, uh, indie power, independent power production. And so they are involved in uh, projects that are targeted at improving their grid uh, network to ensure that they reduce system losses, improving reliability and connecting with uh, neighboring countries and importing and exporting power across the borders. So they have quite exciting developments in both countries. Now, the reason we are interested as uh, AWIB to bring these developments or to bring insights about these developments to our delegates who attend our webinars is that it presents entrepreneurial opportunities for entrepreneurs in those domestic markets, but including uh, entrepreneurs in neighboring countries that would want to partner with nationals in uh, Uganda and Rwanda to bring solutions and to uh, take advantage of these emerging opportunities. On that note, Bertha, we, this is quite exciting. And I'm sure majority of uh, the listeners who have had a privilege of listening to the previous show uh, are definitely going to follow up on this one again. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back. This is Beyond Governance at 101.95. And my name is Nimir Fibele, and I'm joined by Beta Zamin, who is an executive at Twitter Group. And we are talking about the impending seminar on building an inclusive energy sector. This is a very appropriate uh, uh, question to probe and debunk. And for it, it holds prospects for multitude of entrepreneurs who could take opportunities or to or take advantage of opportunities presented in in the sector. Before we took that break, um, Beta was giving us very interesting comparative notes based on what Uganda is going through in terms of the energy sector and what is Rwanda is also going through. It's quite interesting just to observe how smaller countries such as Rwanda and Uganda are leading the pack in the disclustering, if you like, unbundling of the utilities. South Africa is lagging behind uh, from that space. I think in as much as they are leading, the electrification process have not really reached the entire country as it were. However, these are pockets of excellence that we begin to see happening in these two countries and, and South Africa, uh, obviously. But obviously, when we take these issues better, I want to again to locate our conversation in the Africa trade, uh, in uh, African continental free trade agreement for without energy and power, 
some of the goals that have been envisaged in the agreement are definitely not going to take place. But clearly, there is a recognition by way of looking at how Rwanda and Uganda has progressed in as far as the sector is concerned. So now take us through again in terms of the ordinary participants who are coming to your webinar. What's, what's the value add on their part? Because this is a very complex and multi-layered environment. Who is coming through? I would imagine the financiers come through, the service providers come through. Take us through that part as this would obviously stimulate more interest on the side of the entrepreneurs uh, who want to take advantage of this particular space. I would also invite uh, listeners to visit our website, which is www at uh, awep, A-W-E-A-P dot Africa, www.awep.africa. We have a page for the AWIP webinar series wherein you will find the uh, program for each one of our webinars and background information into each one of our webinars, including the speakers. In terms of the speakers that will be at our webinar this coming Thursday, we have the following exciting lineup. We have the Managing Director of Toshiba Africa, who would be speaking on that company's participation on the continent and how they support uh, energy markets in the continent. We have um, a speaker from the renewable energy, um, the International Renewable Energy Agency, who will be speaking on the uh, study they have conducted on the participation of women in the renewable energy sector. Even though their statistics are not desegregated uh, to the continent, but it gives a global view of women participation in the renewable energy sector and opportunities that exist. We have Ms. Naima Ferreira, who will be speaking from the African Development Bank, and they'll be speaking to how they finance energy projects. We have um, a speaker, Mr. Higaniro from Rwanda Energy Group, who is an expert in power generation and transmission projects, who will be speaking on developments in that particular market. We have a speaker from Uganda's utility who will be speaking particularly on that particular market. And then we have two entrepreneurs that will be speaking, giving testimonies on how they participate in the energy sector and they will share some insights and tips for entrepreneurs to follow. Now, on the aspect of the African Free Trade Agreement, the African Continental Free Trade Area is an ambitious trade act to form the world's largest free trade area by connecting almost 1.3 billion people across 54 African countries through trade. And this will cover multiple economic sectors on the continent, energy being one of them. And so when you look at connecting 1.3 billion people across the continent through trade, you see the role that energy access, reliable supply of energy access will play in those markets. The agreement aims to create a single market for goods and services in order to deepen economic integration of the of the continent. The trade area is estimated that 
combined um, if indeed we succeed in bringing together this mass of people across the continent, we'll be able to combine a gross domestic product of around $3.4 trillion. Um, and that is when we achieve the full potential of trade on the continent. And so why is this important uh, for our webinars or for the entrepreneurs that we want to support at a micro scale. Um, not only are we supporting entrepreneurs in domestic market, but we are encouraging cross-border collaboration between entrepreneurs in providing energy solutions. And that is why we work with the African power pools. We um, work with the Southern African power pool to gain access to 17 member utilities across the SADC region. We are facilitating a collaboration with the East African power pool, the West African power pool, the Central African power pools. Those power pools bring together a total of in excess of 72 electricity utilities that are at various stages of infrastructural maturity and different phases of electricity policy reform. And so therein lies profound entrepreneurial opportunities for African women to participate in Africa's energy systems. And therefore, as we work and collaborate with DTIC, with Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, with the likes of the Association of Municipal Electricity Utilities, we we want to build and expand the export capacity of South African entrepreneurs to enable them to participate in opportunities that are brought about by bilateral agreements between countries that are signatories of the African free trade area. And so that is why it is important to reflect on the ambitions of the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. Thank you very much for that insight, Better as it really locates the kind of webinars that you guys do in the context of the broader macroeconomic and geopolitical space, which needs to always be we need to always be mindful of for you know you can't have these kinds of inter interventions if the if the networks and the intersecting points aren't known. So it's quite important from time to time to reflect back to these uh, developments. And I was quite pleased to hear the lineup that you have articulated, the MD of uh, Toshiba Africa. It's a fairly sustainable, I mean, it's a fairly substantial organization, you know, multinational organization. And also, you spoke about African Development Bank. We also spoke about Rwandan Energy Group. You also spoke about Ugandan Utility Groups. So clearly, there is a meeting of minds in terms of information sharing, which would enable entrepreneurs to first and foremost understand what the lay of the land looks like, and secondly, what are opportunities that exist in the entire value chain and where in people can plug in and make a living for themselves in a nutshell. I think it's quite formidable from that end, but I'll be honest with you. But having said that, there are obviously a lot of challenges um, that you have notice along the way for you no longer novice in this environment what would you what would you say are the you know two or three biggest hurdles that entrepreneurs experience first you bring 
this multitude of key individuals to share information and open their doors and collaborate. But the level of readiness is not as, as sharp as focused as it ought to be. What are the challenges that you have experienced along the way which understand where the entrepreneurs are and, and what, are, what are some of the solutions? Let's start with the challenges that you have observed in your view. Great. So a lot of what we do as delegates register for our webinars, we ask them specific questions on areas that they are experiencing challenges. And consistently for the last three years, access to finance has been a hurdle. And all the studies that have, most of the studies that have been conducted internationally point to access to finance as a, um, a hurdle for entrepreneurs across multiple sectors, especially for capital intensive sectors such as the energy sector. So access to finance is a challenge. Access to technology is a challenge. Um, South Africa, for example, we have a very sophisticated energy market, um, notwithstanding the current challenges. However, we lack the the intellectual property for technologies that are required the, um, for the energy sector across all value chains. And therefore, we rely a lot on um, multinational OEMs to bring in technology that we require. Therefore, you will find that those that, those that dominate in rent value and scale across value chains are international companies and not local companies and certainly not women-owned companies or black South African-owned companies due to lack of intellectual property. So access to technology is is a hurdle. Access to skills development, uh, uh, targeted skills development. So we're not talking about people that are qualified electrical engineers, but people that are proficient in operating energy systems, uh, people that have had exposure to the development of um, energy projects and the operating and our operations and maintenance of energy projects, because historically these are areas that have been dominated by international players. Very few local participants have had exposure to the science of running uh, energy systems. Having said that, it does not mean that we do not have qualified engineers that are able to participate in those areas. When we look at the complete value chain operating and energy project, that is where we see gaps. When it comes to access to networks, Uh, for entrepreneurs, networking with the right people that can give you access to markets, access to technology, access to finance is critical. And one of the areas that we're focusing on as AWIP is opening up the, uh, the market space by collaborating with actors within the ecosystem to enable entrepreneurs to build relevant networks for their choice areas. Access to credible market information Uh, goes hand in glove with access to uh, networks, access to market. South Africa has a very uh, complex procurement uh, system that was put in place to correct past, um, uh, past errors in terms of access to market. And as you will see with the debates around triple BEE, 
um, the review of um, preferential procurement uh, that is currently debated in the court of law. We are all trying to find the most efficient way to ensure equitable access to market in our country. But access to market is a challenge not only in South Africa, but across the continent. Those are the hurdles that entrepreneurs um, entrepreneurs are facing. At AWIP, we not only uh, focus on orientation um, webinars that we host every month, but we have tailored interventions that seek to address these various areas. Soon we will be launching a digital platform for access to finance for energy projects. We have received seed funding and we currently in consultation with stakeholders um, and other partners to build that platform that will ensure that entrepreneurs can access uh, finance for for specifically energy projects and their nuanced finance requirements. We have partnered with uh, uh, VETS Business School, exploring a just energy transition skills development program for utility operators. And soon we will be launching that program. We are partnering with other players in the sector to launch a green energy incubator that will support the um, participation of women, youth and persons with disabilities in the energy space from, from their inception. Uh, and we will support their growth uh, through their entrepreneurial traject trajectory. So we have very focused, very targeted interventions that are aimed at building um, uh, or supporting entrepreneurs where they need support the most. Finally, we have a program that will support um, entrepreneurs in South Africa and beyond to become channel partners to leading OEMs. This will give entrepreneurs access to technology that they can on trade in the market with um, electricity, utilities, state-owned entities, large power users in general. So our focus is not only to bring information to the entrepreneur, but it's also to look at how we can truly support their participation by um, uh, implementing those various interventions. Great stuff, Bertha. I certainly benefiting a lot and uh, the listener definitely has grasping uh, material of substance based on what, what you've just spoken about. If you've just joined us, you haven't really missed out quite a bit. Um, I'm joined by Beta Lamini, who is an executive at the Rita Group, and we are talking about the impending seminar on building inclusive energy sector, which empowers women in the main. I was quite intrigued by some of the areas which Beta has alluded to, which are pretty much common when you look at any market penetration, access to finance, access to technology, access to targeted skills, access to network and credible information, and access to market. These are typically biggest challenges which, irrespective of the sector, let alone the energy sector, most of entrepreneurs or businesses will have to, one way or the other, go through one of these or all of these barriers which better has managed to articulate. But over and above that, what, what, what I found intriguing is the solution. And the solution which are not the solutions which they're proposing, which aren't 
generic, they have solutions that are very specific and tailor-made to address specific issues. I think that is a unique selling proposition of your webinars. As I'm listening to you now and the listener of this grasping your value proposition, it is quite evident that they certainly value not just addressing or identifying challenges which are historical, we know about them, the bulk of these, but just going deeper and deep into deeper on the solutions that are needed. I find it very, very exciting, uh, if not intriguing. And uh, let's take a break. We'll come back in just a second. Beyond Governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back to the last leg of the show. This is Beyond Governance at 101.9 High FM. Uh, yours truly is Nimrit Mbele, and I'm joined by Bela Ramin, who is an executive at Richard Group, and we are talking about impending seminar on the building inclusive energy sector with women focused. Before we went to that break, Bela really gave us substantial insight, in-depth understanding of typical challenges which women who are operating in the sector are experiencing, and most importantly, the some of the interventions which were customized to try and address specific uh, challenges for women entrepreneurs in the sector. The last bit that I want to ask to reflect on better, if you may, is some of the good news you can share with the people who join you. We've had incredible entrepreneurs um, on our webinars. Uh, one of my personal highlights was an entrepreneur from Namibia who transitioned from social sciences into the technical space and is currently supplying quite complex equipment to the distribution network of Namibia. And that is fascinating to see the bravery and the tenacity of entrepreneurs that are opening up to new challenges in that way. In that way, we've also had a, an entrepreneur in Tanzania who is working on transforming clean energy in local markets. And those are the kind of fascinating stories that we showcase in our webinars. On Thursday, we are showcasing two uh, entrepreneurs from Rwanda. One is the president of Power Hair, who will speak broadly on how they support women uh, entrepreneurs in energy in Rwanda. And so we often have very exciting testimonies. We had a beautiful testimony from an entrepreneur in DRC who is operating between South Africa and DRC, show, uh, demonstrating the success of what we are trying to achieve, operating in two related markets. Uh, DRC belongs to uh, the uh, to a number of power pools, to the Southern African power pool, the, to the Eastern African power pool, and to the Central African power pool. And to have a female entrepreneur who's been successful in working in both markets is absolutely incredible. How do we dovetail with other initiatives so that we grow women partnership in energy? What are the leverage points that we can all focus our energy on, harness to a point where we are able to massify these pockets of excellence for us to really make a big difference in the sector? We had a webinar last year, um, Doc, where we showcased 15 industry organizations uh, that came 
from the continent and from other markets beyond the continent. That illustrated our collaborative efforts to leverage and to amplify our initiatives across different markets. We are constantly looking at synergies or exploiting synergies between ourselves and other industry organizations. AWIP is a supporter of the Women's Economic Assembly, an initiative at the Office of the President, which aims to identify entry points for women entrepreneurs across multiple value chains. I sit within a wee corner, Women's Economic Assembly, and I lead the energy portfolio. And through that particular initiative, we collaborate with the Department of Women, Youth and Persons with Disabilities, the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, and other industry associations to amplify. I also sit at the BRICS Women's Business Alliance, heading the energy portfolio in the South African chapter and collaborating with the BRICS Council um, with some of their energy initiatives to amplify the support for women participation in the energy and power sector, not only in South Africa, but within the BRICS community. And so our eyes are fixed on leveraging the associations and initiatives that are already in place that seek to broaden the network of reach for women's participation in the sector. Oh, thank you very much uh, for that, Bertha. I mean, it's quite intriguing just to see the depth of networks that you have been able to amass. Clearly, this points to the value which the African women in energy and power are, with, are actually doing. There seems to be a lighter that's on a tunnel in terms of bringing this initiative to scale, because the biggest challenge in most intervention is scale. In scale, we all know that we have more and more inter- entrepreneurs who could benefit in the in, in the energy and power value chain. I'm quite grateful to hear that kind of interventions that you guys have made and where you sit. So you're clearly in a position to leverage, influence policy that would ensure the trickling down of this very massive energy and power space, which has been historically male-dominated, but not only male-dominated, but also capital-intensive, which makes it even difficult for um, any any new entrants to come into the space. We're pretty much wrapping up uh, our show. Um, let's take a quick break uh, just to wrap up this very interesting conversation I'm having with Petra Lamini. Let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. This is it. I think it's been absolutely beautiful to have a very interesting conversation at uh, Beyond Governance 101.9 High event. And of course, this is Nimrod. I'm being joined by an uh, illustrious woman called Beta Jamin, who's an executive at uh, Brito Group, giving us detailed insight on the African women and, and in power, which is a phenomenal movement, which really makes a big difference. As we're wrapping up, Beta, can you guys quickly give us the details of the seminar webinar so that we can direct the cues to all entrepreneurs who are quite keen to have more knowledge about what is happening in the country, what is happening in Uganda, what is happening in Rwanda for the lot of South African businesses who have vested interest in these two countries and any other country that you have been able to, to touch base with. Give us the detailed breakdown of how to participate in the webinar. 
listeners wishing to participate or to register for the webinar can visit our website. It is www.aweap.africa www.aweep.africa. We have a portal for our webinar series. You can visit our web, our portal and register for our webinar, which takes place on the 21st of April at um, 12 noon South African Standard Time. That's very interesting. And we'll certainly do our best to drive uh, the cues in that particular direction for there's absolute value in what you are providing. But once again, let me take this opportunity to thank you for gracing Beyond Governance at 101.9 FM. Um, as always, you give us food for thought and, and, and we certainly benefit from the kind of work that you do. Hopefully more and more people, women in particular, would be joining you and massifying this mega project. Thank you very much for having me uh, on your show. I always enjoy sharing developments in our organizations. Yes, indeed. That was Peter Lameni, uh, who is the group executive at Greater Group um, and also the, the founding president of African Women in Power and Energy, AWIP, giving us insights on the forthcoming webinar, uh, which is a free webinar on the 21st of April, starting from 12 o'clock until 4 o'clock as a time. Um, and let's unfortunately not leave it here. We have uh, exhausted our our minutes. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure having you once again. I hope you've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Uh, let's do this again next week. It has been a pleasure. In the meantime, stay safe and shalom.